Well, welcome to uh, another podcast as we're continuing our Better Together series. And so, uh, Josh, why don't you give us a series overview? Uh, Yeah, so we're in our Better Together series. Um, I think we, was this week five? Is it a six six week series? Six. Six, (laughs) How many many weeks did you plan, Paul? I think it's, uh, (laughs) I don't know, whatever. Five, five, six, seven, eight, whatever. Uh, Basically, we're looking at this idea that uh, God is calling us to an ever-expanding, ever-deepening community. Um, being together, uh, shared purposes, diversity, just kind of all, all different things, but, but basically this idea that we truly believe that we are better together. Um, when we're leading our families, we do it better together. When we are participating in sports community activities it's better when we're together when we're worshiping it's better together when we're praying everything all of life is better together and so that's kind of the heartbeat behind this particular series Mara, why don't you go ahead and talk about what we talked about the passage sunday all right so sunday i feel like it was really powerful how you made that distinction between the idea of uniformity and unity and so we're talking about this unity in diversity and recognizing that God did not create just a bunch of cookie-cutter people who all think exactly the same, look exactly the same, talk, walk, whatever you name it, all exactly the same. That he created this vast array and this spectrum of people, but still calls us to unity and how that can feel very um, very challenging at times. You say, well, we're all different, so shouldn't we just all do our own thing and all just be out there being ourselves and doing whatever we want? But that there's this call that our diversity really is what even creates the catalyst for our unity and that together we're able to accomplish so much more. I love how you were using um, 1 Corinthians 12 and I'm just going to paraphrase. I mean, it was a big chunk of it, 12 through 31. But in ways this almost reads like a, like a science textbook. It's telling you about how the body is all connected and that there's um, no real part of the body that can just tell the rest of the body like, I'll see you later, I'm better off yeah. on my own. And that that is really a picture of how how a church works, that you have sometimes those more visible body parts, but those aren't better body parts. Mm-hmm. Those are just the ones you can see, but they are held together by so much connective tissue, muscle, bone, all of these things that while we can't see them, they are integral um, to the structure yeah. of the body. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that we kind of have our own gifts and that that brings bigger, fuller picture to what the church can accomplish. That's good. So you talked about uniformity and unity. What are the differences? What's the difference between being uh, unified and what's the difference between being uniformed? (laughs) (laughs) Uninformed. Uniformed. I I, I just think of school uniforms, Mm -hmm. per se. Like, the goal there is that everybody is looking the same, right? Like, everybody, and, and obviously there's a whole lot of other in-depth stuff that goes to a decision for school uniforms but in general like it's that that everyone looks the same everyone is dressed the same to kind of and and so i think this you know the way this plays out in in real life it kind of goes back i think it was maybe week um maybe week two of this series we talked about kind of those natural relationships that we have where like that take no work because everybody that you're surrounded with is uniform in some way. Like there's that, that shared interest of, of some sort or, or all of our shared interests we, we all think alike. And, and so I think that, that um, those, those are easy, that, that idea of 
there's a whole lot of things that we have in common. And so to find common ground takes no work, um, which is not the goal of unity. Unity is not to make everyone the same. Yeah. That, I, you can't go on. I, that was just that made me think other things in my head, but I'm not ready to speak on them yet. <laughs> so somebody else wants to jump in, that'd be great. Well, I mean, I, th- I think when you look at these in the passages, um, you know, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, um, you know, there, there there is in that 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 not uniform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to have different looks about them, different languages, different perspectives, different values. The different upbringings, um, and yet they're united but not uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, as, as I'm hearing your, your message, you know, the ideal of being uniform loses, uh, you lose the power because then everything comes to that common denominator. Uh, yeah. But the power of unity is in our, in our disuniformed state, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in, in our differences their strengths be because you know there, there there's people that will be the gas pedal and people will be the brake and and you know yeah. cars need both a gas pedal and a brake uh, there'll be people that that will be big thinkers and small yeah. thinkers mm-hmm. i mean there there's all sorts of different people yeah. uh, that form a church and and that that they that all are valuable um, yeah. I, I love how it, i mean that that points back to the work of the spirit right like mm-hmm. I think sometimes when we're just reading over this, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, like we miss the significance of those two yeah. categories. Like those are significant differences. That's not, you know, I made the joke of, you know, us versus Clint and uh, as a Michigan fan, like, you know, that's in a sports world, it's, it's big, but like in the grand scheme of things, it's not big, right? Like it's, it's meaningless. Um, like Michigan these is, are, yeah. yeah, Michigan's definitely meaningless for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but like these are significant uh, distinctions here that require the work of the Spirit to bring about that unity. And so, like, I'm just thinking through that, like, um, relationships that are based on uniformity, they require no work on our part, but they also require no work from the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? They just they just happen, and so. Right. Um, it's it's only through the spirit that these kinds of relationships, unity in these kinds of relationships can take place. So I just I don't I think it's important that we don't miss the significance of those categories that Paul mentions there. Yeah, so Jew, Jews or Gentiles. I, I mean Jews sorry, Mario, we're no, kinda no. we're stepping over here right now. But Jews or Gentiles would not even eat together. Yeah. Sure. And and that went both ways. I yeah. mean that was some some Jewish people, but there's also Gentiles would, would think like that. Yeah. Slave and free. Yeah. So you've got a slave and a slave owner. Now, we, we, don't, we don't believe that God's plan is for slavery. No. We don't. No. But in this time, there was still slavery. Yeah. And you have people who were slave owners yeah. worshiping in a church. Talk about yeah. differences mm-hmm. with slaves. Hmm. Um, and yet, yeah. by the Spirit, that, that one, Spirit. and that's that one unifying principle, that yeah. one unifying um, entity, that one unifying person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Holy Spirit is somehow supernaturally bringing them together right. and, and turning their differences not into uh, negative, but assets. Yeah. Something that's positive. The Holy Spirit is taking those negative, those those differences, and shaping them into something that propels the body forward. Hmm. Right. 
Yeah, because I think of like uniformity as almost that external thing that's imposed on people. Like you have to look like this, you have to do this. Whereas unity, I think, comes out of that inner working of the Holy Spirit as we're being remade and, and to reflect his image more clearly mm. in the different facets of our lives. Like when it says Jews and Gentiles, slave or free, I mean, the gospel... It's got to be good news, great joy for all people. That's like right. it's kind of That's leveling right. that playing field and taking away any of that um, of our humanness mm -hmm. in that certain positions are elevated or certain people have different things. It's saying like, no, we've all been given this one spirit, mm -hmm. but it just manifests itself in different ways. Yeah, and that that's highly significant. That that I hope the church hears this and sees this that the church is not propelled by pastors mm -hmm. it's propelled by the spirit and it's prepared propelled by people infused and filled with the spirit yeah. and as a matter of fact when when churches rely simply on pastors and and staff and paid individuals to propel the mission or further the mission we're missing the whole <clears throat> we're missing the diversity of the body serving in ways that that no one else can yeah. serve and yeah. so you know if you're listening to this podcast you have gifts that are different uh, than than mine mm -hmm. and, and those differences enable you to serve in ways that I can't no serve no and as a matter of fact so, sometimes in the ministry what I found is there's this cookie cutter image of what you need to be as a pastor mm -hmm. that that frankly some of the things I'm not good at yeah you know I've, right. I've had to do things I'm not mm -hmm. good at mm -hmm. and i I've done them to the best of my ability where I what, I what I'm starting to wonder is if I'm doing those things instead of allowing someone who's really more mm -hmm. gifted to do yeah. that. Yeah. So that, so that's like a like a lot a lot of that is I think is on us and I just mean us in general like church leadership pastor like we've set up church to to kind of contribute to that right like yes. where it is it's propelled by the 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 pastor you know you got this token pastor who you know is just driving everything so i think that we've done some disservice in the way that we've set up church and again i, I think i just mean church in general and, and not just pastor yeah, yeah not yeah, just yeah. church pastors in general it's kind of the the church culture that we've created um it's easier is that mm -hmm. yeah oh for sure for sure yeah well and also it's better for our egos, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like if, you know, if I'm the, if I become the end all be all, then right. <laughs> like that's really good for, for egos. But man, it's, it, you're exactly like, I'm just thinking of a conversation I had with uh, one of my, my small group leaders on Sunday night. Um, and she was just kind of uh, seeking some advice on one of the conversations in the, uh, in, in the, the small group. Uh, but like, I'm just listening to her share about, uh, you know, how rich their conversation was in there. And the truth is, is like, I just, I have not had those significant uh, conversations with that particular group because I can't, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like my, so with, I, I guess what I'm just saying is with, without her being able to do that, like those conversations wouldn't happen. And that's not a pastoral staff that's having those conversations. That's someone who's volunteering to be a small group leader that is just so significant in the lives of our teenagers um, mm -hmm. that, I can't, I'm not able to have those conversations. I can have them with some of my teens, but not with all of my teens. So without those leaders, man, it just wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was fascinating. And maybe I was just geeking out. Right now, my kids and I, we're kind of like studying like ancient Greece. And so when you were talking about how like this idea of, of talking about like the body and like different parts, like that was, 
that was kind of something like kind of new and exciting that they were all really studying is this mm -hmm. hierarchy of yeah. which parts of the body are the most useful and which parts do you need and could you boil yourself down to if you were just a brain could you function mm. and like th this kind of turns all of that on its yeah, head and it's right. like but then I think back like well God designed our body so here even these these people in Greece were just trying to make sense of sure. of a design that was someone else's and so i feel like hearing this is like god is really speaking into the whole like there's so much about the body that you don't even understand but i made it all and i made it all to work together yeah, yeah. The, the seen and the unseen yeah. and um, i think about there's so many special people that serve in our church that specifically i mean i feel like almost intentionally prefer these unseen mm -hmm. roles yep. but i think about like our Sunday mornings wouldn't happen the way they happen if there weren't these people behind the yeah. scenes serving tirelessly, kind of keeping us connected, keeping these things going. Mm -hmm. Yep. And yet we almost, they don't even want us to recognize yeah. them for that <laughs> because they're like, no, no, yeah. I'm really happy doing it this way. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's important that we vocalize that there yeah. are, there's so much value yeah. in every gift, in every act of service. And it's not just the mouth that gets up in, yeah. Speaks on Me, a Sunday yeah. morning. The mouth. The mouth. The mouth. <laughs> You're so mouthy. The mouth. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, I, yeah, I, I, that was one, of, as I was kind of preparing this and was coming across it, like, that this wasn't, a, this illustration of the, the body um, wasn't a new thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, but this is kind of the first time where it was flipped on its head, mm -hmm. pun intended, because the head is a body part. <laughs> um, I was waiting for that one. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so so Paul's just kind of flipping that and, and like no, and just kind of, uh, just throwing this idea of, of a hierarchy of mm -hmm. uh, with even within the church of of parts is I love what he did there. It was good. It was good. Now we talked about Acts two the previous week, and uh, and and we talked about just that the church and you know one one mind all things mm -hmm. in common. Talked about this idea of Koinia, the shared purpose. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's an interesting thing. I think I think that can that can pull you um, maybe in some wrong directions mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. when, when when we start talking about okay shared purpose. How how in depth does that need to be? What what differences are acceptable? Yeah. What what differences drive you forward and what differences drive you back? I mean I, I think that's maybe or how do you handle those differences? Mm -hmm. um, how does this contrast then with Acts two? Do you, do you see contrasting, or or does this seem to be just hand in glove? That you, it's it's like sometimes we think you know James is talking differently than Paul, but he's not. Mm -hmm. You know, James is talking about faith that that moves us, yeah. and Paul's talking about a faith. Well, yeah. they're they're not contrary. How are these yeah. how are these passages the same? Yeah, I think it, it's it's just that idea that kind of I pointed out in the sermon is that like we read the scripture as a whole, and and so this just gives us a fuller picture of um and so i don't think that they're contradictory by any means um yeah i think it just gives us a, a better picture a fuller picture of of what it looks like to live in community um that we ultimately at i think that we, we do have to have to have that shared common purpose that that, that thing and, that, and that's i mean that's jesus right and, and so and that's what paul points to there is uh, our baptism in christ uh, is, is what unifies us, and so like sure we do have that one mind that uh, that that thing in common that drives us, but practically speaking, we also are all different. <laughs> and so like I just think I, I don't know. Um, 
I, I could see where we could get caught up on, you know, well, you know, Acts says this, First Corinthians says this, but like it's just it's together. Like this is the picture that is painted, and so I don't know. We think more. Well, and I think even when I mean, we talked to you about being together as one purpose and all the things and how their gatherings work, like their gatherings worked because of their different giftings, because of their different roles. I mean, there were, I'm sure in the early church, there were the people that were more inclined to be connecting with new people and bringing people. And then there were the people that were more inclined to be the hospitable. We'll just, we'll make the food, you bring the people. And then there's the people that are fluffing the cushions that are arranging, making space for others. And so I think that even in the early church, we see that it wouldn't have worked if everybody just split off every day and just went and grabbed people because when they would come back there'd be no food like so th there was the need for lots of different body parts lots of yeah. different functions even even in the early church right. and that without one of them it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have functioned as mm -hmm. a whole what what if that and you know i've been thinking of that koinia that shared purpose um, i mean there's shared purposes that drive us together even when we're diverse and I think one one of those shared purposes would be love. Yeah. That 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 if our shared purpose was okay, we're going to love each other. Yeah. That pulls us together, regardless of our outlooks and our diversity. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And so I, I I and I think that's that's something that we should consider. I you know I don't know if I have the right answer there. Uh -huh. uh, and I, I I shared this Sunday. I want to be concluding this series. And, you know, the truth is that um, we don't share every value. Mm -hmm. we, we don't. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do believe we have to value a shared life, that, that that has to happen. And I think love is how that's expressed, mm -hmm. that we say, okay, maybe, maybe you see this differently than me. And we, we live in an age where people see things differently. Maybe you see this differently than me, but I'm going to love you. I want to love you regardless of how you perceive things. And, and we're gonna share that. We're gonna love each other. Yeah. Even though we have some differences uh, of opinion on uh -huh. scripture. Yeah. I mean, even in scripture at times yeah. that happens. Yeah. Um, you know, I, that's, that's problematic. I mean, you know, you have, how far can you, you go down that, that yeah. path? Um, yeah. what, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I, yeah, the how far question is, is quite intriguing to me um and it's something that i going into this i knew like preparing for the sermon i knew that was in my head but like i just there's only so much you can do on a 23 24 minute sermon and um but yeah like because i think we can very easily get to the point where um we strive for unity no matter the cost <laughs> Um, to the point where we maybe sweep things under the rug. Um, we just allow a kind of an anything goes mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, and so, man, I don't, I don't know, like, what is the, like, are there differences that are just like, you know what, that's, that doesn't work. That's not okay. Um, I don't, I guess I don't really know what that practically looks like but what i do and this is kind of just in talking through this with a mentor of mine as i was kind of thinking mm -hmm. through this and he pointed out flip 
flip back through. So our, our passage is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But flip through 1 Corinthians chapter 1 through 11. And what is Paul doing? He's calling out things that are not okay mm-hmm. in, right. the, in that church, right? Like he's pointing out things where they're missing the mark. And so I'm like, yeah, that that's that makes sense. Like there there has to be things where like, no, I can't be in unity with that. Mm-hmm. But figuring out what that that is and what that line is is really difficult, and I'm I'm struggling to to think through that. So yeah, because it's to hear easy y'all's wisdom. to like boil this down to like, okay, well, we just we love God and we love others. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great starting point, but that doesn't really always have a lot of practical application mm-hmm. with it. Well, well, some people would feel like, well, it would be really loving to me if you just never tell me that what I'm doing is wrong. <laughs> and so then we sit there and we go, well, wait, is that really what we, what we mean? When we say that we believe or that I love you, does it mean that I never want to have a real conversation with you because I don't want you to for that to feel unloving to you. Like, I think we start to rumble with this. Well, what, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. And I think um, sometimes we just have to start with that point and be like, okay, well, I'm just committed. I'm committed to loving this person, but I'm not even really sure what that looks like right now. And that's where I think prayer, study, talking with other people can really help us to flesh out, okay, I have this relationship with this person and I feel like I need to address this with them. How do I do that in a way that still communicates their worth and their value mm-hmm. but also speaks to hey i think there's more for you than yeah. this i think that this is this is a limit that is in your life this is sin this is whatever you want to call it and i think there's more for you and i want to walk with you that direction i'm not leaving you here i'm not calling this out and telling you that we can't be friends anymore but i just feel like there's there's more and I'm thinking, I'm hearing two things here and seeing two things in this passage as I'm, as I'm listening and thinking of the passage. The passage is talking about the way people serve mm-hmm. and their yeah. gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not talking about necessarily diversity of thought. That's, um, that's, that's it, it, it's more dealing with, okay, well, you're good at this, mm-hmm. you're good at this, you're sure. not one's better. There's also that diversity in the church of where people are spiritually. And so I think there's there's two separate issues here, um, and, and I think the the second issue is how do you deal with people that are number one have difference of opinions on faith, but both are you know until we get to heaven we're not going to resolve it. Sure. Um, but let's put that aside. The the second issue is those who are at different levels of their faith walk. And, and some may need some encouragement or they may be struggling with their faith. How do we handle that diversity in the body? And, and I don't know that I think that is a, a 1 Corinthians 12 issue. I think that's a 1 Corinthians 13 issue sure. that we'll talk yeah. about, that how do we handle these things in a loving way? The church has to be a place, in, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't want to pastor a church mm-hmm. that's not a place where a teenager, mm-hmm. uh, a senior adult, no can cannot express real faith issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm struggling with this. Yeah. And For not sure. feel like if they do that, they're going to get pounced upon, yeah. judged, yeah. Uh, not listened to. Mm-hmm. The church has to be a place where people can have real struggles not all the time in every spot, 
but there has to be places here where we can have a diversity of, of in our faith walk and you can have healthy conversations in love. Does that make any sense? Yeah, well, and I think that's the heart of discipleship. I mean, it's kind of where we say, okay, well, that's where the rubber meets the road, where we take what we've read and what we've learned and actually fit it into, well, how, what does this look like? What does this sound like? What does it... How do we actually live that? I think sometimes people say, well, I, I have all these questions and I'm worried. I don't want to tell anybody that I'm wondering about this. But like, I think that that's, that's where discipleship happens. And that, well, this sounds great on paper, but what does this look like in my life? How do I actually walk that? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's one of the neatest things in the ministry that, I, that I've encountered. And I've had it happen many times over, over the course of my ministry where someone will come to your body for whatever reason and they'll express well you know i'm really i'm an atheist mm-hmm. i mean i'm here i mm-hmm. like being around but you know right. i'm an atheist and to watch god work through a community that embraces and loves them anyhow sure. yeah. is an amazing no, no. thing because i've seen many people <clears throat> mm-hmm. that move from that i'm yeah. an atheist yeah. to walking in faith and it's the community that's embraced them yeah. and allowed them to express hey this is who i am this is where i'm at so it's a uh, just an interesting thought on that and, and maybe some distinction that needs to be made. Um, someone who, someone like that who comes in is not seeking to set the, um, I don't know, set the vision, theological direction. The, the, yeah, that's a good the <laughs> theological direction of a church. You know what I mean? And so, but I think that there are times when, that difference in in thought like does try to yeah and so man i'm just i don't know <laughs> this this is just struggle that i that i have in my in my head um because I, I and i like 100 percent agree with you there um but but like they're not coming in with the intention of i'm going to change the theological direction of this church and i'm not saying that other people necessarily come in with that but are are in positions where that can take place and and how do we yeah and as a pastor i don't set that <laughs> yeah sure uh, you know, sure we, we are a nazarene church mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah we are a wesleyan armenian church we we have a particular way of reading scripture a mm-hmm. uh, particular way of, of looking at the role of the holy spirit in our life what it yeah. what the holy spirit the function of the holy spirit you know and i'm not trying to to shift that i'm trying to stay consistent That's with right, yeah my yeah. Nazarene understanding. <laughs> Which we also believe comes from the Spirit, right? Right. Like mm-hmm. and, and it that, wasn't just some it, random people. No, it's not random people. And, you know, we, we have a, a, a doctrine. Um, you know, it, it's different than a Baptist church. It's yeah. different than Assembly of God. It's, yeah. it's different than the Catholic church. It's, you know, we have a yeah. different theological. And and we can't, we're not going to have somebody come into our church and say, okay, all of a sudden you're going to be Assembly of God. Right. And, and, and vice versa, I'm not going to go to a yeah. <laughs> church and say, okay, all of a sudden you're going to become Nazarene. That's yeah. just the way it is. Um, that doesn't mean that someone can't be at home here. Yeah, absolutely. Still sure. holding sure. on. That, that, that For sure. Our teaching yeah. will be consistent with who we are. Yeah. That, that sounds very, <laughs> but, but I think it's true. I think it's yeah, true with yeah. any organization. Yeah. I think it has to be. Yeah, I think it's coupled with, I mean, there's the humility there. Like, I mean, you read in 1 Corinthians 13 of like, now we see in a mirror dimly. Like, I mean, that it's yeah, just yeah, yeah, for sure. as a group, kind of our, our best collective understanding yeah. um, that 
yeah, there's going to be secondary issues that yeah. we disagree on, but that, that as a whole, we have a, we have a unified foundation, right. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. This, I love this stuff, really. <laughs> it's stuff that drives me nuts in my head, but like, I, I just, I, it's, well, I, I it's mean, fascinating. I, well, I, I'm less concerned with, with that, to be honest, of people wanting to, okay, well, I'm this, and I think you, the church needs to move. Well, you know, we're an Asbury church. Yeah. I'm more concerned with a, a teenager in, in, in your group, or sure. a kid, sure. or a young adult, or what, wherever you are, that, that's really struggling with questions of faith, and they feel like they have to be so uniform mm -hmm. and so united yeah, that they right. say, you know, I'm struggling with what this means, yeah. that they never, they never have a conversation. I, discipleship occurs in conversation. Yeah. And, and in my life, most of the time, discipleship, the best discipleship has, has occurred in those instances where I'm struggling. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so if you hide those struggles, yeah. you're missing those opportunities for God to use those struggles to move you forward in your faith. Yeah. 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 I think we need to be careful to make sure we aren't always just, we've talked to this before, given those like plat answers where mm -hmm. it's somebody's, where they'll be like, well, I, I don't want to tell you that I'm worried about this because you're just going to, I know what you're going to say. Like, I feel like when mm -hmm. we become people where mm -hmm. somebody's just like, well, I know what you're going to say. Right. Like that can be good and bad. I mean, that can mean that yes, okay, like they we're consistent. Okay, you're consistent, but also I think there needs to be that place where like, well, yeah, this is just the beginning of it. Like this would be the most boiled down, the most simplified way to talk about this, but that there is so much more to discover and unearth in these topics. So I think yeah. sometimes when we look at even something like a statement of faith and just say, well, this boils everything down. Yeah that can be really hard for somebody who has questions because they're like, that's, that's not enough information for me. Or that's, mm. that's too simplistic. There, there has to be more. And if you're will, unwilling to say that there's more, well then I don't think I want any part of this because mm. I'm smarter than that. Like, and so I feel like when we come up against someone's rationing mm. or their logic, I think sometimes is where if we're yeah. too simplistic or we, we can make it almost seem like we're hiding or ignoring mm. things and trying to keep things from them. Yeah, the truth is, is we struggle with gray, right? Like for sure, we like we like black and white. So when there's a question, <laughs> we like to black and white makes it really easy to give an answer. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so maybe even as I'm as I'm processing this and what this looks like, like my mind wants to get to a black and white. Like where is this? Right. And, and and so we just don't we don't deal well with nuance. I think. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's something that perhaps we could and, and I think that's a good on. that's a good way good segue to talk about kids mm -hmm. um, you know you know there's black and white things you teach your kids you know you, you don't run out in traffic right? it's black and white it's not gray yeah. mm -hmm. um, there's black and white faith things mm -hmm. you know, God loves you yeah. um, uh, how do you um, balance with you're younger, Josh. You're a little older. Uh, your kids are starting to, to to understand. There's more gray. Mm -hmm. Probably in the kids' church time, yeah. it's more of a focused learning time. Mm -hmm. It's more about the the black and the white. Um, how do you balance that? Um, the diversity that they're going to need later in life, the um, the ability to traverse and travel through uh, gray areas. How do you? balance that with the black and whites that we tend to teach our kids now that's a hard question that's tricky it yeah is. 
I mean, I feel like even with my kids at home, I feel like we're starting to get to that point where they are realizing that not everyone lives the way that we do, mm. has, has made the decisions that yeah. we've made, um, has made a decision to, to follow God and has set him at the center of, of our family. And I think that it's easy for them, and they're getting to the point now where they are starting to recognize the way that that looks. So like they, you said they're like, wow, yeah, you can point out. or And I don't mean it like that, like where they're looking at that, that person's a Christian, that person's obviously <laughs> right, not. Yeah. But that there is that, I don't know, that almost that instinctual, like there's just certain things that kids will pick up on and mm-hmm. they'll say, well, I don't think that person goes to church. And, and so like trying to walk through this whole like, the Bible and like when we've made this decision, we, we call ourselves Christians, this mostly applies to us and how we live our lives. If we are always looking and trying to superimpose mm. our ideas on other people, they're always going to fall short. But yeah. we're the ones that have decided and, and made the commitment that this is the way that we want to live our lives. And so I think that's helped in some ways to say, well, this is what we are called to. And we believe that this is the best hope for everyone. And we want as many people to join us. But when it comes to telling somebody who's right and who's wrong, this is not necessarily the tool for that. Right. Because mm-hmm. this is this informs our faith. This yeah, informs how good. we live our lives. And that we can't tell someone else that, that they are wrong by cherry picking a Bible first. Yeah. Like, and so trying to find that place and like, we use a lot of scripture in our family to remind us and to encourage mm-hmm. us in the way that we should go. But that relies on that foundation that that's our faith. And that yeah. is, um, that we can't superimpose mm-hmm. that on that's other good. people. Um, does, does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking through. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. Like, this is what we have chosen to yeah. be our foundation. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking back to uh, when I was uh, doing youth ministry in inner city Columbus. And uh, it wasn't very long before I had the realization that I couldn't just say, I couldn't just teach a passage from the Bible and say, this is what you're supposed to do because the Bible says so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sure. it, that just that authority just, it wasn't there. Um, and so I very, very quickly had to kind of shift the way that I presented it. Like, I'm just saying that like, this is what, like, this is what God has laid out for us. Mm-hmm. If you choose to, uh, to, to follow that path, if you choose to follow Christ, like this is the kind of the, the instruction that he's given us. And so I, I really like that, that kind of that distinction of like, this is what we've chosen as, as our foundation because we believe it's true and we believe it's right yeah. um, and, and kind of helping navigate through those different different scenarios. Um, I, think, I think stages of development plays a significant sure. role in this as well. Um, you know, as, as a kid, it's, things are black and white, right? Mm-hmm. And they have to be. And so I think there, I do think that there's a danger in... Um, <laughs> overgraying mm-hmm. areas for for kids who aren't in a developmental stage where they can kind of grasp that. And yeah, I think even up through through junior high, like I think junior high um, still needs some concrete kind of things. Um, but then understanding as they they move a little bit beyond junior high, um, and this is just developmental, you know, sta- again stages of development. Like this is the way that it works. Um, kind of starting. T- to perceive things as, as a little bit different. And so mm-hmm. just knowing those things and knowing how to, uh, to process them. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to get my seven year old 
to think a whole lot of gray like because he just right. can't do it you know no and what's almost sad is when you start to see people who think well I can, maybe I can save my kids from mm. the questions and the doubts yeah. or the pitfalls the moments that I had maybe I can if I just yeah gray everything out then they won't have those crisis moments yeah. or those moments where they thought well I always thought it had to be like this but now I can see more of this and I think that I think that there's a danger in that too because yeah. I think that there is it's very sure. developmental and um I mean the whole back to like when I was a child I thought as a child I yeah, ate like a that's child right. that <clears throat> God desires us to move in maturity and we can see that physically in the way our children develop but also I think when people are new to the faith even too like there are times when certain things are going to start as more of a concrete and then you're going to move into the gray yeah. you're going to move into the nuance yeah. you're going to um yeah. But I think with kids, and I mean, I feel like everybody, it's always easier to point out what else somebody else is doing wrong versus <laughs> you. And what I talk about upstairs with the kids a lot is just that people should know where, like, that you have, you're a Christian by how you act, not by how you tell them they should mm -hmm. be acting. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah. like, yeah, that's you good. are the one that instigates right. the, the unconditional love. You are the one that instigates the, I treat you the way I like to be treated mm -hmm. because that's my calling that's my that's good. purpose and so i'm like it can't always be just looking at other people and well they did this and they did this because it starts with you yeah i like that that's good i think yeah and so i think that that problem and again i think you're exactly right like we we try to man if i can save my kid from going through these crises or, or these uh this doubt and and um then i don't want to do that and i think the problem there lies when when developmentally um, an adolescent starts to understand nuance in gray, I think at time, uh, the opposite end of that spectrum is that we fail to then talk about that gray yeah. and that nuance, right? Sure. And so we, we still try to stick with the black and white mm -hmm. all throughout that process, uh, uh, that developmental process. And, and that's, I think, where the, the danger is. Um, yeah. Well, and I think sometimes like we kind of keep them on baby food too long. Mm -hmm. Like one thing that I love and is really important to me with both in our family, but also my ministry is especially with my elementary kids that we're actually like reading sections of scripture. I don't want to just paraphrase it for you every day. I don't want to just give you the highlights. I don't want you just to know the story, but I want to start to wrestle at times mm -hmm. with the way that this is written. Why is it like this? What, when you read this, what comes to mind or causes you to think, oh, like, and that takes practice. Mm -hmm. Like we've started with our, without even our own kids actually reading the Bible. And sometimes you get to have those conversations of like, yeah, I've read this a lot of times and I still don't fully understand yeah. what this means. Right. I see it seated in this larger story, this yeah. larger context, but I don't know what that means exactly. And so we can kind of start to have those conversations that give pictures or yeah. of this larger discussion that can yeah. happen when we actually start to move towards more yeah. away from baby food. Right, yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think what I'm, what I'm hearing is there's, there should be a lot of humility as, yeah. as we teach our kids, yeah. a lot of, oh, a lot of fear and trembling. Yeah. No mm -hmm. doubt. Um, no doubt. <laughs> because there is that, you know, if, if, if you are always, um, this is the way it is, mm -hmm. just, just do what I say, don't even question, don't even think, eventually that, that'll work for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but at some point, um, I think our kids need to understand that much like they will, parents will go through times where mm -hmm. Scripture's hard, yeah. not always easy to understand. Mm -hmm. um, so, sometimes God calls us to do uncomfortable things. Mm -hmm. 
sometimes um, you know we, the door is not as open as you'd like it to be <laughs> and so you have to make a decision sometimes it seems like either way could be the mm -hmm. right way to go and mm -hmm. and and here's the big key sometimes you'll mess up yeah. <laughs> and um right. so sometimes god will let you mess up mm. he'll just let and, and i don't understand that yeah but there's times in my life where I feel like God's just let me make a mistake. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's the story of the prodigal son. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. This okay. is a terrible decision, but go ahead and make yeah, it. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, there's learning in that if we have the humility to mm. listen, even then, yeah. and there's learning in that if as parents and as teachers and as adults, we have the humility to listen and, and, and <laughs> yeah. I guess think of it this way. If God will allow, us to make mistakes and work through some things mm -hmm. if our model is god I, I i don't think we should always be in the quick fix yeah. business yeah. Uh, this is what you need to do <laughs> yeah that's right let me tell you what you need to do um, <laughs> yeah. so i heard something recently and it was talking about the prodigal son and it said like hunger drove him to the pig pen but starvation drove him back to the father mm -hmm. and so i think sometimes um, as you were just talking i was thinking say like if it's just more of a casual thing we might continue to be dabbling in the pig pen, but like if we are recognizing our constant need and that we don't have it all figured out and we are constantly seeking him and seeking his kingdom and him first, that's gonna maybe eventually bring us out of the pig pen and, and back to his heart. Um, yeah, that's good. Let's bring us back full circle and close here in just a couple minutes unless you guys have something else you really want to drive home uh, but, but this diversity if we're humble and we're listening and, and we're listening to to our kids questions to those that may have a different place be in a different place in their faith journey if we're really listening and humble i believe god not only grows them he grows us mm -hmm. that sure. that diversity draws our faith it builds our faith it moves us forward yeah. and so um uh, questions are never, what do they say? They're, there's never a stupid question. Yeah. <laughs> the only bad They're, question is an, is an, 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 an asked ask question. question. Yeah. And right. so uh, ask questions. Yeah. Uh, I, I, want, I want you to know, as your pastor, if you're listening to this, uh, there are no questions you can't ask me. That's right, yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, maybe I'll stand up Sunday morning in the middle of service and ask it. There's a time and a place. But, yeah, there's a time and a place. And, and I know uh, Josh and Maura feel the yeah, same way. No we are here for you. Yeah. Um, we we want to be there as as we traverse the gray areas. And um, not everything's yeah. black and white. And yeah. we want to be there for you. Yeah. All hearts I, clear. I just, the, the love part is just, so, like, I, I'm almost embarrassed to say, but, like, I've never grasp that right after this picture of diversity is the is right. paul's paul's uh picture of love and well, like yeah. and like and just the fact that he says let me show you the most way. excellent yeah. way yeah. and then he says that like my, my mind was blown i'm mm -hmm. like how how did i never realize that, yeah. <laughs> that that's yeah but anyway yeah love yeah he goes hammers them <laughs> talks about their differences yeah. and they go oh, well let me show you the best way yeah. now that we're at the end of the book here's what just read this yeah <laughs> which almost gives you your proof test text to kind of keep going back to okay well this is what i'm doing is this patient is this kind mm. is this rude is it yeah. self-seeking yeah. is it keeping like almost that thing to keep going back to like okay well i don't really know how to love this person but i can kind of point out a lot of things that wouldn't be yeah <laughs> yeah that's true that's good that's, yeah that was good so yep well, anything cool. else well, let's good. let's pray then
Lord, right now we just give you praise and thanks for this, um, this conversation. We're, we're thankful, Lord, that you love us through the gray areas, that, uh, that there's not always surety in, in, in anyone's life, that sometimes we make decisions and we mess up. Sometimes we miss your voice. And, and sometimes, Lord, life's just hard. I pray, Lord, for those that might be listening to this that are struggling with their faith, their, their faith that are struggling with their place. But Lord, may they um, truly see that they are valued, they're important, wherever they are on the journey, that they have a huge part to play in the body. Mm -hmm. Now, Lord, we give you praise, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.